And you know what? We could add to this. It's not who's up, who's down in terms of play. But uh, one last thing to talk about, Georgie Merkulov potentially coming up to Boston, uh, filling in as a center while Potra is away, and potentially if they decide to keep Zaka at wing. Scott, you have a little bit more on this. You were at practice. You kind of got a chance to talk to some people about this. Yeah, well, you know, there had been some speculation, I think, that uh, – so preface this by saying Georgie Merkulov remains – on fire in Providence, had another two points, a goal and an assist Wednesday night. He now has nine goals and seven assists in his last 16 games. Um, he's up to like either second or third in the league in the AHL in scoring. Um, there was the holiday roster freeze, which ended at midnight early Thursday morning. So there was some speculation that like he might get called up Thursday. He didn't. Um, friend of the pod, Mark Allred, uh, tweeted at me that he he thinks he's still getting called up tomorrow, Friday. So that's something for people to keep an eye on. Uh, the Bruins practice at 11 a.m. Friday. So I guess we'll see if, if Mark Love's there, if they announce a call up before then. Um, you know, I, th- I think. Let me check Twitter real quick, guys, because uh, you know, <laughs> this yeah, well, they like to. Right, I was gonna say, you know, they're re- when they're gonna announce it is 15 minutes after we log off. Um, but no, I. You you could look at Wednesday night and be like, all right, well the team bounced back, so do you really need a call up? To me, at this point, it's almost beyond even like, do the Bruins need to call someone up? And it's, I think Georgie Merkelov is just force their hand like he's playing so well that to me it just seems like almost crazy not to give him a chance especially during this period with Matt Potter gone to world juniors like it's it's the perfect time to call him up and throw him at you know put him at third line center and see how he does and if it turns into something longer than that awesome if there's some areas where he struggles and you have to send him back down after a few games then then that's fine too. But like, at least, at least you rewarded this incredible heater that he's on right now. Yeah, this is the Bruins are far removed. From, well, I shouldn't say far removed, but uh, they're definitely removed from the days of of uh, you know Savard, Bergeron, Krejci up the middle, or Bergeron, Krejci, and Chris Kelly or Charlie Coyle or insert you know really really adequate third line center here. Like the Bruins right now, center ice, it's it's very it's it's very much not set in stone. I mean, we're just, we were just talking about Morgan geeky replacing Pavel Zaka, who's your assigned number one center to start the year. Charlie Coyle has spent time on the quote unquote third line of times this year for Matt Potter, who's an 19 year old rookie who's now playing in world juniors. And it's like, this is, there's opportunity to be had if the Bruins aren't stubborn to see who, who's the best fit for, for this team at center ice. And, and yes, he has absolutely forced uh, their hand, in my opinion, for that reason, because of his own play and and the lack of certainty up on the on the main roster. And yeah, Scott, you mentioned it. I think he's fourth in the league in scoring down in the AHL. And I just think, I, like I said last week, what's the point of having the farm system if you're not going to reward players that you feel as though can help you uh, in your on your main club right now that have earned the opportunity? And I think he's earned the opportunity to get a look. And so uh, 
we'll see. We'll see if it comes down. Yes, in typical skate pod fashion, it probably won't break until after, like you said. But um, we'll 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 keep our ears to the ground. Yeah, I mean, the point still remains. Like, if he's up, we're we're kind of already talking about what he could do. And and I'm thinking maybe you put him on the third line with like a JVR Merkelov Frederick line. Is that does that kind of seem like a good fit for him? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like. J, yeah, with JVR and either either Frederick or Heinen, I guess one of Frederick or Heinen's pro- probably gets dropped to the fourth line. In this instance, not that either one deserves it, because I think I think those are two guys who have played pretty well recently. But that said, like I also think they need to find a way to get more offense from the fourth line, anyways. So dropping someone down is like that's an added bonus to this, is it makes you a deeper team if Merkulov comes up and plays well and can handle a third line role. Um, because I think as much as we like, you know, Lauko Beecher Steen or, you know, last night was Patrick Brown, but like it's a line that works hard, but also Jacob Lauko has three points and zero goals in 23 games. Oscar Steen has one point in I think 19 games this season. Like the Bruins aren't, they don't have enough high-end offensive talent to have a fourth line that doesn't score at all. So dropping someone like a Frederick or Heinen down, while it could be viewed as a promotion, I mean, a demotion, um, it also lengthens your lineup and maybe brings some needed offense to that fourth line. And size. I think like I think Johnny Beach is a big boy, but Steen and Loco aren't, aren't there. I mean, they're both pretty, pretty short. Um, nothing against short Kings, but, um, Frederick, I think would be a little bit <laughs> a better, a better option size wise down there. Um, in that situation, I also think like you don't want Mercury to be on the fourth line. Bridget's just shaking her head in disgust. I can't believe you just said short Kings on this podcast. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, you know, wasn't expecting it, Brian, you caught me off guard. <laughs> I, 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 I heard the phrase recently. I just had to go with it. Um, uh, but did, did you hear from Pete Blackburn? I feel I feel like he's he's the one who's trademarked it. I'm pretty sure he uses it like every other tweet. So and also like every episode of of what chaos? Yeah. Um. But also, Merkulov is a fourth is is not an optimal player for the fourth line. I kind of want to see him with some skill. Kind of want to see him with some skill beyond Frederick, honestly. Um. But I, I can I can see why the first couple of games they. It, presuming he gets called up that they want to just throw him to the first line or the second line. But, you know, if he were to play well on a third line role, I, I wouldn't waste too much time before seeing what could he do with some higher end skill? Because again, well, and iron a little bit. You could see him on every line in the same game. If Jim that's Montgomery true. just decides to just go for it again. So that's true too. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I think we're all in agreement here that like, we'll be disappointed if he doesn't get an opportunity. Like, it's the right time right like uh, other than this time like obviously we don't know about injuries in the future but this feels like the right time do you see them not like is there do can we see the Bruins? i do see a situation where they they might not but i don't even want to like get into that because like i have an intuition that before like friday morning or, or like before midday friday we'd hear that he gets called up but like um i think that the only reason they wouldn't call him up is because if they just think frederick's fine at center we don't want to you know we're not trying to complicate things um but i think he deserves a call that that's not in the question at all yeah i also think like kind of where there's smoke there's there's fire like mark has good sources in providence and 
Rob Chalmers, who's at Ivan 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 on Twitter, like he tweeted something similar. So, and, and those guys are like they're all over Providence and the prospects. And I don't, I don't think someone lied to them. Like I, you know, I don't think certainly don't think they're making it up. So, I, yeah, I think it's probably happening Friday. But you know, we'll we'll see. It's not final until it actually does happen. I, I'll also note Montgomery was asked about Merkulov, and you know. Obviously, wasn't going to come on and say like whether they're calling him up or not, but he did say that you know he texts with Ryan Mujanel, Providence's coach, on a weekly basis, and they kind of exchange notes on like you know how's the who like who are the top forwards if we need someone or the top defenseman, how are guys doing, what are they improving, you know what what do they need to work on? Someone goes down, it's you know it's Mujanel asking, hey, you know what's the message? What do you want to see them work on? And, and Montgomery said, like, and we've heard this from other people that the most encouraging updates in Merkulov aren't just the points. It's his, he said like the way he's closing on plays in the defensive zone, his 200 foot game. And I think, especially with Montgomery, it's like when you're hearing that, if you're getting all those positive updates, in addition to all the points that we can see, like, it, that sounds like someone that's about to be called up to me. So I I think it's going to happen Friday, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah. And there's really only one other thing that I think we wanted to talk about, guys. And did you, do we want to touch on Potter and World Juniors at all? I mean, there's a little sure. bit of news there. It's not it's not a whole lot, but, um, yeah, I feel like we should touch on it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he has – so he has two goals in two games now. Canada beat Finland 6-2. I think a bit of a down year for Finland. They're not as strong as they usually are. And then Canada just absolutely crushed Latvia 10-0. Um, both of Padres' goals were kind of in garbage time. One was an empty netter. One was the goal that made it 10-0. So um, I think he's played well. I've, I've, I watched all of the first game against Finland and most of the, the second game against Latvia. And um, a little quieter against Latvia, but he's creating chances. He's had good chemistry with Matt Savoy, who's a, a Buffalo first-round pick um, and has been one of his wingers most of the time. Um, you know, the, the big tests are going to be they play Sweden in the group stage, Sweden another one of the favorites, and then the knockout round. Like That, to me, is going to be more telling. These still kind of feel like warm-up games so far, um, you know, for the top teams. Like, I think – just before we're recording, U.S. on Thursday, uh, I think beat Switzerland eleven to two. Like some of these games are just very lopsided. Like I, I know some people, like some people tweeted at me that they were, they didn't love the fact that Potter only had one point against, you know, in a ten nothing blowout win. I just can't get worked up over how he plays against Latvia. Like I, quite frankly, just don't really care about that. Um, I want to see how he does in those bigger games to come. How did he do against US in the in the um warm-up round? Uh, I yeah, he did score. Um yeah, I, I missed that game to be completely honest. I, I was out that day, but so I don't have I don't have like detailed notes, but from what I understand, like he's played well. I mean he's been in Canada's top six the whole time. So um and they're still they've kind of moved things around and they're they're pulling a good joke on everyone by listing Macklin Celebrini as their 
fourth line center. Yeah, um, I saw he's that. Been a bit, like, been the best yeah, player in the tournament so far. So, um, yeah. well, it's it's you know he should be in their top six when you go down Canada's roster and you see all these you know Q teams or you know a couple uh, NCAA teams and then you see Matt Potter's name and you see Boston NHL. Um, you know, you probably should be um, doing pretty well in this tournament. So, well, uh, I will say one of the things I noted that like doesn't show up on the score sheet is that uh, these kids are all like, I mean, I'm calling them kids because they're still pretty young. Um, sorry if I'm not supposed to be calling them kids, but to me, they are. Um, and so these guys are all really high draft picks, and they're a lot of them are shoot first. And you kind of notice Potra not getting chances on some of, in, in some of these situations because there have been several times where he was wide open. Like, I've seen him go back door a few times. He was open. He doesn't get the pass because the other player shoots. Like, there, I've noticed that it's – I don't want to say selfish, but everybody has such a great shot. They If they see an option to shoot, they shoot. They're not making the pass. So even though Potra's going to the right areas sometimes, he's not getting the puck. Um, he's had the puck on his stick less because, uh, the, and by the way, these guys all have something to prove out of this too. Uh, they're all trying to make the NHL. They're all drafted besides um, Celebrini, obviously. Um, so they all have their own little like thing to prove. And, and I, I kind of started to notice that a lot of them are shoot first, not pass first, where Patra might be the other way around. And that has led to him getting fewer scoring chances for sure. Yeah, he had he set up Matt Savoy for like three or four just great A chances in the Finland game and and got one himself set up by Savoy. Um and just none of them went in. Finland's goalie was was playing really well until like the dam finally broke a little. But uh yeah, I thought I thought he played really well in that game and and like I said, maybe a little quiet against Lavia, but I just that was I mean, that was a scrimmage, like yeah. And it was just way better. And by the way, they, they run the score up for a reason. It's not, they're not just being mean. Like they run the score up because it does sometimes affect the tiebreakers. So like the, the better your, you know, your goal scored is your, your, you might be a team that you're head to head with. So they're, they're blowing up the score sheet because it does turn out to matter sometimes. So, so it's not just like being mean, like stop beating up on Latvia. You, you have to do it. Yeah. No, I mean, look. Ultimately, Patra has he has found a back net a couple of times. Whether it's you know pre-tournament, empty net, garbage time, whatever. He's seen the puck go in. Um, hopefully, that continues. The only the only way the Bruins lose this experiment of sending him down the World Juniors is, as I said in the past, if he were to get hurt, um, or if he just goes down, and for whatever reason his confidence doesn't increase because he's not scoring. And he's snake bitten down on World Juniors. Then you gotta go up to the NHL and you know be a top two center. It's like you gotta. It's you have to. You have to kind of produce. So, um, you know, they're betting on him to do so. He's going to do so. He has been, but he hasn't probably been dominating. Um, maybe just yet. But there's there's much tournament to go. So, yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye on. And yeah, and and you know, for for us uh, Americans, like the U.S. team is the betting favorite and. Um, they're expecting for anyone who likes Boston college, just, you know, right. Ball. You're going to get a good chance to see a lot of guys from BC. So, mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Christ, the BU defenseman. 
Lane Hudson. Yeah, Lane Hudson. He's got, a, he's got a little bit of Kale McCarr in him, the way he kind of just yeah. sits in is kind of that north-south player. Yeah, the, the, the overtime winner he scored in that exhibition game against Canada was filthy. Mm-hmm. Like just goes down to the ice to to take away, steal the puck, and then mm-hmm. just like toe drags it to the front and snipes top corner. But... Ryan, don't get Scott going about a BU player. Like, well, don't say, don't bring one up and then just be like, do you want to know how I can get Scott to stop talking about a BU player? When you mention that it's a future Montreal Canadiens player, ah, yeah, true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be wondering why they didn't draft Lane Hudson in the first round. He fell, fell until late second to Montreal, and uh, yeah, that's that's insane. It, I mean, it's because of his height. If he was two inches taller, he would have been a top fifteen pick. I mean, I, I get it. Group, no one, like, you know, short, short defensemen are out. No one wants short defensemen. Short kings, the short. When yeah, when when they're as talented as Lane Hudson, I I don't know. I think he's gonna be just. He's gonna be just fine in the NHL. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll he's he's gonna be good. He was a steal in the second round, that's for sure. So anyway, that's enough about BU Lane Hudson. Mm-hmm. That's probably enough about anything this this episode. Yeah. But, I agree. I'm One other though. quick thing I was going to say in World Juniors, um, another Bruins prospect, Dan Zlachmelis, is uh, Latvia's captain in first-line center, um, which is you know, great for him. Unfortunately, they he and they had zero chance against Canada. But, you know, mm-hmm. And are you going to gonna tell people where he goes to school? Uh, where's that, Bridget? UMass Amherst. Indeed, yes. Yes. So there we go. Got he that was in. starting to play better like right before break too. He got a delayed start because there were eligibility issues, which I could I could go on about that because I think the NCAA is very silly when it comes to this stuff. But um yeah, so he missed like the first several weeks of the season. Um, but had a few points right before break. So, you know, another guy who could use world genius to kind of springboard into the second half. Is uh have have BU and BC played each other this year? In uh... not yet, they have they have three games against each other in like a two week span, uh, the end of January and then the first round of the Bean Pod. Yeah, because I was gonna say yeah, they're, they're one and two in the country right now, aren't they? Yep. That's okay, gonna that's gonna be like an awesome two week stretch. Mm. I know what we could do. We could go to the Bean Pod together. That's how I can give you guys your Christmas gifts. We can all go to the Bean Pod. Perfect. Very good. Um, all right. So I guess, yeah, so we'll, we'll be dropping this on Friday morning, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So then, all right. So yeah, well, thank you all for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Any final, any final announcements? Scott, you look happy. Happy new year. We won't, I don't think we'll be dropping a, another episode before new year. So that's right. How silly of you to forget that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know between Christmas and New Year's like does anybody know what day it is it, it all just blends together it's just it's just like holiday two weeks like, yeah yeah uh, exactly that thanks for pointing out I'm, I'm in the office today and literally the only other two people here are Mike Cadillac and Andy Hart who are filling in on the afternoon show I have not seen another person like not another body no nobody's there no yeah that's a good point yeah I hope you all have a wonderful uh, hope you guys can, everybody can reflect on 2023. And then of course, uh, have a happy new year and look forward to 2024. Um, 
But yes, so thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you very soon.